word was awaken. Awaken. Awaken my glorious church. Awaken my glorious church. For the Lord would say unto you, it's time to stop being distracted. Your distraction must end. Your distraction must end. I say this out of a heart of love for you. Because when you walk out of the distraction into the fullness of my glory, Therein is all the peace, all the healing, all the restoration, all the provision, all the protection, all the healing for which you so desperately long. It's not out there. I'm in you. If you have called on my son, Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. I'm in you. Look to me. Stop looking to the left and the right. Look to me. Keep your eyes on me. Yield your heart to me. There's no fear there. You, you think there's fear there. There's no fear there. Abandoning yourself unto me eradicates every fear. It's when your eyes long to be outside of me that the fear comes in. Your eyes on me, it eradicates all fear. You can rest, you can trust, you can be enfolded in my mighty love for you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Abandon your souls unto me. I'm the one. The only one. The only one. The only way. The one way. To remove the chaff. It is time to let the chaff go. Awaken your hearts unto me. There is bounty. There is abundance. There is provision. There is a rest and peace that your heart has never known. There is glory beyond measure. Glory beyond measure. Deep wells. Deep wells of living water. Deep wells of living water for every thirst and every need. Thus saith the Lord. Well, this week when the Lord said, Awaken, He sent me this song of songs. 
So we're just going to go ahead and start in chapter 4. We're actually going to start at the end. It says, Awake, north wind, and come south wind. Blow on my garden. Think about that, saints. Invite the Lord today to blow on your garden. Whatever he wants, invite him. Get rid of the reservations, get rid of the walls. Invite him to blow on your garden. And come south wind, blow on my garden, that its fragrance may spread everywhere. Let my beloved come into his garden and taste its choice fruit. I want everyone here to say, I am the beloved of God. I am the beloved of God. So you see, Song of Songs here, it is a picture of earthly love between a husband and a wife. But we're not going to be looking at it that way today. We are going to be looking at it as a love relationship between Christ and his beautiful church. That's you. If you've believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, that's you. If you haven't believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, you just say, Jesus, come and fill my heart. I make you the Lord of my life. I want all the love you have for me. Forgive me of anything that I've done that has not pleased you. I receive your love today and I make you Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Then you're the beloved. You're the beloved. So anyway, we're going to look at this as a picture of Christ's love. The love between Christ and the church and you as individuals. So the first thing he says, or she says, is awake. Awake. So awake means I have a PowerPoint if you want to put it up. You don't have to, but... Awake, it means to rouse from sleep. How many of us in here would admit that there are places in our lives where we feel like we're asleep? That we need to awaken ourselves. So it means to rouse from sleep, to excite from a state resembling sleep as from death. Jesus has allowed you to be raised from death, to be awakened out of sleep, to be released from the grave, whatever that grave is. To excite from a state resembling sleep as from death, stupidity, 
That doesn't mean you're stupid people. That means there's a lack of revelation somewhere. And we can just allow him to come in and, and change. Or, or maybe we have a bit of a, of a revelation, but we haven't applied it. So he, help, he helps us apply the revelation that he gives us. Resembling sleep as from death, stupidity or inaction. See, sometimes we know the Lord's speaking, but we just don't act, right? Nobody, nobody here at RTC, I know. To put into action or new life as to awaken the dead. To awaken the dormant faculties. If we're all honest, we will say that we allow things to lie dormant in our lives. And we can feel because the Holy Spirit is good and true and kind. And, and, and he's always speaking. He's always calling. He's always giving us good counsel. And there are places that we just allow to lie dormant sometimes. And today is a call to awaken. He needs you to awaken. Because he needs you as his missionaries here in soul as the tribulation draws nigh. We are Christ's beloved. So here she is calling to her soul to awaken to the love of Christ. She is calling to her soul to awaken to the love of Christ, to the flowing of the Holy Spirit to the very breath of God. Awake, north wind. Awake, north wind. What's, what's a north wind? A north wind is a dry wind. It symbolizes a convicting wind. A convicting wind. Cleansing. Taking away the chaff. The dry north wind comes in. So she is willing here to allow the Holy Spirit to awaken her heart to his purification, to his purifying, cleansing wind. She is willing to lay herself bare and say, Oh, north wind, come in. Oh, Holy Spirit, come in. Show me. Help me get rid of the dry places. Her heart is to be radiant and beautiful for her spouse, for her Christ. Then she says, come south wind. Well, what's the south wind? The south wind is a restoring wind. It's a warming wind. It's a comforting wind. It brings moisture. It brings life. Restoration. That's the south wind. We have the cleansing, and then we have the restoration. Blow my garden. We're going to see later how Jesus sees you as his garden. Well, I'm really sorry. I just, my heart is overflowing with passion that we each would become so passionate for Christ in every area holding nothing back blow in my garden 
So this is her invitation to Jesus. This is her invitation to the Holy Spirit. For God has for her to come and live in her heart, to come and correct, to come and blow, to come and give life, to come and give revelation. And she doesn't put any restrictions on that. She just says, come. This should be the cry of of the church. This should be the cry of each one of our hearts. Bring correction, bring restoration, bring cleansing, purification, bring new life, Lord, like only you can do. And she says that its fragrance may spread everywhere. That the beauty of Christ, the beauty of Christ, the passion of Christ, the love of Christ for my soul, for your soul, comes in and changes us and allows us to get real before him and allows us to lay down the things that we've withheld His love, his joy, his peace, his patience, his kindness, his gentleness, his self-control, his patience, that it would spread and grow in us and cause us to grow into maturity in him. Don't we all want that? Don't we all want that? That's a lifelong journey. We never stop maturing. that he would make our garden fruitful, that he would make our garden pleasing unto him, that he would make our gardens abounding in goodness and all the fruit of the Spirit, that it would change the atmosphere of our hearts. Are you after that? Yeah, that it would change the atmosphere of our hearts. And then that it would become life-giving fruit to others, a garden that produces fruit for others. Let my beloved come into his garden and taste its choice fruit. That's the fruit that we produce through him because we allow the breath of God to come in, because we allow the Holy Spirit to make changes that need to be made, because we allow the Holy Spirit to make more beautiful the things that are beautiful already, even more radiant, right? Even more radiant, that they would spread and grow. He makes the church... Holy Spirit comes into our lives and it makes us pleasing. Well, what, you're, you're pleasing to the Lord, okay? I, I, don't, I don't want you to think that I'm saying that you weren't ever loved. You're always loved of the Lord, right? But our fruit becomes more bountiful. We grow and grow and grow into the image of our Christ, right? And then when, 
when people see that they're drawn into his love, into his presence, into his glory. It makes us a testimony of his love and his goodness in our lives, right? Makes makes us a testimony of his love and his goodness. It makes us a testimony of his glory, his glory in us. So it is our cry today, saints. I hope it's your cry. I know it's your cry because I, I know the hearts of the, of the people in here that we would awaken, that we would awaken, that we would awaken our hearts. See, this is our job. He's provided everything that's needed. He sent the Holy Spirit. He died. <laughs> he made it all right for us. He redeemed those who believe on him. That we would awaken our hearts to be impassioned. Impassioned for the heart of God. Impassioned for the heart of God. Everywhere we go, in every situation. What's your heart, God? What do you want me to do? I don't care if it causes me a sacrifice. I don't, ultimately, it is not a sacrifice. Because any offering that we make unto, unto him, he fills up with goodness in our lives. We can't get away from that. You know, just yesterday, I keep my mouth shut about something that I really, really wanted to tell somebody. Because it really, 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 really made me mad. And I, unfortunately, unfortunately, I had to walk around for about a half an hour. I'll repeat that. I had to walk around for about a half an hour getting my attitude corrected. Because the person who did what they did was obviously wrong. <laughs> and I was obviously right. <laughs> and I really wanted to kind of let them have it. And like all these things, well, you did this, and then that caused this to happen, and that caused this to happen, and then that caused, and now we're here. And Lord said, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. You're going to destroy your love walk. Be a testimony. Be a testimony. Let my love flow through. Just love on them. Just love on them. I know how to do the work. You see? I'm like, okay, well, I don't like it very much, God, but you tell me to. See, that's a wrong attitude, too. You know how wrong that attitude is? Because we're supposed to be willing. We're supposed to be willing and obedient. Not just obedient. So then I had to go to work on being willing. <laughs> oh, it all worked out. <laughs> because the Holy Spirit is so faithful. But anyway, we want to awakened in every area to the impassioned love of God, the passionate cry of our Lord, the passionate desires of his heart. We want to walk in his divine order. 
We want to walk in his completeness. We want to walk in his love. We want to walk in his mercy. We want to walk in his compassion. We want to walk in a purity of heart. And you know, the Holy Spirit helps us do all it, It's not of us. It's not of us. It's of him. It's of the Holy Spirit. In our weakness, he is our strength. He is our strength. You can depend on him, saints. You can depend on him. We want to be willing to be cleansed. We want to be willing to be corrected. We want to be willing to be pruned. We want to be willing to be refined. We want to be enlivened unto his desires, his fullness, and walk in the Spirit. So then after she goes through this, we go to, to Christ's response, the spouse's response, Christ's response to his beloved's heart and to his church. That's us. Song of Songs 5.1. I have come into my garden, my sister, my I have gathered my myrrh with my spice. I have eaten my honeycomb and my honey. I have drunk my wine and my milk. What is the garden? What is the garden? Kingdom of Christ. Should I change my microphone? The garden is the kingdom of Christ. It is his kingdom demonstrated through us. Demonstrated through our lives. You know, you don't have to be perfect to be the glorious church. Do you understand that? We will never be perfect on this earth. Never. We will never be perfect. Thank you, Lord, that that's not what you require. All you require is that we invite you. That we invite you in. I have come into my garden, my sister, my bride. So this is his response to his beloved, his response to the church, his response to her prayer. And what does he do? Immediately, immediately, immediately he answers. Immediately. Immediately. He communes with her. He doesn't stand off. He doesn't say no. You got a few things going on here and, you know, they're kind of a stench in my nostrils right now, so I don't think I can come in and commune. Well, how else? How else are we going to get rid of, rid of it? He comes in. He communes with us immediately. He takes us right where we are. It's our willingness to be awakened. He's ever ready, ever ready, ever, ever ever ready to answer us when we call. The yearnings of our heart of his beloved, no holding back. I have gathered my myrrh with my spice. I have eaten my honeycomb and my honey. I have drunk my wine and my milk. Christ delights in our invitation. He delights in our service. He delights in our love for him. He delights in our obedience. He delights in us. The fruit of the Holy Spirit demonstrated through us brings him great delight. He rejoices over us with singing. Zephaniah 3.17 He takes joy in us. 
He takes joy in his bride now. Not when you're... He rejoices in the spices, the things that we commit to him, the things that we allow him to make beautiful. He makes it beautiful. What shall I do? He delights in his bride. He rejoices in the spices. He rejoices in the fruitfulness that abound when we allow the Holy Spirit to come in and do his work. That we offer unto him. His love demonstrated through us. Gray 20. One of the spices that he talks about is myrrh. Myrrh. Myrrh was the princip- one of the principal one, one of the principal oils of the anoint- of an anointing oil. Okay? An anointing oil. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It was one of the gifts brought in worship when Jesus was born. The wise men brought it. It's a perfume. Do you see what he's calling us? Do you see what he's saying? You see, he says he came and he gathered his spices. Do you see how beautiful he thinks you are? Hallelujah, thank you, Lord, because we don't always think that of ourselves and it's time to get it right. It's time to get it right. He gathers unto himself his bride with all the beautiful fruit and spirit, fruit of the spirit and the spices flowing as a result of the fact that she allowed his love in. See, we have to know his love first before we can give it out. Song of Songs goes on in verse 13 and 14. Your plants are an orchard of pomegranates with choice fruits, with henna and nard, nard and saffron, calamus and cinnamon, with every kind of incense tree, with myrrh and aloes and all the finest spices. You see, these are the spices that result, the fruit of the Spirit that result as a, the fact that we join with Christ, that we invite him in, that we allow the north wind to get rid of the chaff and we allow the south wind to come in and help us grow. His love for us, for the church. Verse 15, you are, okay, this is his vision of you. This is his vision of the church. You are a garden fountain, a well of flowing water streaming down from Lebanon. Rivers of living water, water flowing. Do you see how he sees you? Do you see how beautiful? Do do you see how productive he knows you can be for him? 
rivers of living water flowing from you. His garden, he makes you beautiful. He sees you through the blood. Awaken unto him. Make that the cry of our hearts, Lord. That we allow you to come in and water every spot that is dry. Every place that needs correction. Producing the glory of the Lord. The very glory of the Lord. The goodness of God. So that's the ending of this particular chapter. And now we're going to go back to the beginning of the chapter. But we need to establish this first. We have to establish this first. And we're going to go back to the beginning. We've just learned, we've just talked about how our, what our union with Christ does, what our invitation to Christ does, what opening our heart to him does, the acceptance of his love. It produces his pleasure in our lives. How we become his well-watered garden. So now we're going to look at his heart for us even before, even before the invitation. Okay? Remember, we love because he first loved us. Right? We love because he first loved us. So we're going to go back to the beginning. And this is before we come to him, he loves us. Before we're fully mature, once we're in Christ, before we're fully mature, he sees us as glorious and beautiful. Before we're fully mature, before we're producing all this plenteous fruit, he's made us worthy. So we need to get rid of the thinking, I'm here again today to stomp on some religious cows. If I stomp on your feet, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> but we honestly need to get rid of the thinking that tells us that we are only loved when we do right. That we are only loved because we're doing enough. We can never do enough, but he's made it enough through the blood. He's made it enough. He's made you enough through the blood. He's made you glorious through the blood because of the blood. You see, we've been talking about <laughs> prophesying the end from the beginning, from the middle. Remember, we've been talking about that for weeks. <clears throat> new wine, all this stuff. You see, God sees the end from the beginning. He sees you completed in him. You may not see yourself that way. But thank you, Lord, that you see me that way. Does that mean you don't have to repent? No. In repentance comes cleansing, purification. But nonetheless, he sees you beautiful. He sees you beloved. He sees you glorious. Hallelujah. He sees the end from the beginning. His eyes prophesy your 
end in him. His heart prophesies your end in him. All that he wants you to become, all that he's done for you, he sees now in you. And we need to start seeing ourselves that way. Hallelujah. Song of Songs 4, 18, 8 through 15. We're going to go back to the middle part. Come with me from Lebanon, my bride. Come with me from Lebanon. Descend from the crest of Amana, from the top of Sinir, the summit of Hermon, from the lion's dens and the mountain haunts of leopards. He's saying, come out of those difficult places. Come out of those dry spots. Come out. I'm enough. Come with me. Come with me. Don't look back. Don't be Lot's wife. Don't look at the dry bones. Look at me. Come with me. Abandon all that and come with me. He gives us beauty for ashes. Beauty for ashes. I will give you rest. Come with me. I will give you rest. I will help you to see your beauty in me. I will help you see your beauty in me. You have, this is what he says to us. You've stolen my heart. says, you've stolen my heart. You mean me? God, you mean me? Imperfect me? Stumbling me sometimes? Not doing it right sometimes? Not being willing sometimes? You mean me? Yes. Yes, you, Lisa Marie. Yes, you, Linda. Yes, you, Dawn. Yes, you, Madison. Yes, you, every one of you in here. You have stolen his heart. We serve a good, kind, and gracious and forgiving God. You have stolen my heart, my sister, my bride. You have stolen my heart. These are the verses before she said, come wind. Do you understand that? Before she said, come north wind, purify me. Before she said, come south wind. Do you see that? This is before then. And he is still saying to her, you have stolen my heart. With one glance of your eyes. That's all it takes, saints. One glance. Just give him a little bit. That spot that you're withholding, just give him that much. One glance. That's all he's asking for. One glance. He said, with one glance of your eyes, with one jewel of your necklace, do you see that we have Christ's impassioned love for us? His impassioned love for us. 
This is before we're producing all the plenteous fruit. You get it? Okay. He's loved us from the beginning. His love never changes. It never falters. He says, even for those that are far off. Well, you can be far off because you're not saved. Right? But we can be far off in other areas in our lives that we have chosen to sort of, okay, you can have all that, Christ, but maybe not this part. I'm saving that for later. Well, why are you going to save it? It only creates pain. See? When we don't save it, he can make it beautiful in its time. How, verse 10, how delightful is your love, my sister, my bride. How much more pleasing is your love than wine and the fragrance of your perfume more than any spice. Your lips drop sweetness as the honeycomb, my bride. Milk and honey are under your tongue. The fragrance of your garments is like the fragrance of Lebanon. You are a garden locked up, my sister, my bride. You are a spring enclosed, a sealed fountain. Do you understand what he's saying there? I see you at the end. You're right now, in certain areas, you might feel like you're a garden locked up, and he's saying that's okay. You're a garden locked up right now. You're a fountain sealed, but I can fix it because I don't see you that way because at the end he is prophesying. What is he saying? He's saying you are the garden now. You are the fountain now. Wait till you hear what he says later. You say he, see, he sees our potential in him ever, ever, ever. He sees our potential in him. He's always looking at our potential. He's always delighting in us. When we turn our eyes on him, we release the floodgates. He sees us with his graces in us just waiting to be released, just waiting to be released. He's not waiting, like we, right? We got some fixing it to do, you know, just releasing it unto him. When the Holy Spirit dwells in us, when we invite the Holy Spirit in, it's released. Your plants are an orchard of pomegranates with choice fruits, henna, nard, nard and saffron, calamus, cinnamon, and every kind of incense tree with myrrh and aloes and all the finest spices. That's what we read before. You are a garden fountain. Now, he, you see what he's saying here? He's no longer saying that it's closed up. Do you get it? He's saying you are a garden fountain, a well of flowing water streaming down from Lebanon. He sees the end from the middle. He sees the end from the beginning. He sees his graces, his fruit in you. And all we have to do is awaken unto him. Invite him in. In every area. He sees his nature in you. God is calling forth what he sees us to be in Christ. He is calling forth what he sees us to be in him. 
He prophesies the end from the middle. Springs of water flowing. The love and mercies of Christ released. He rejoices in what we become in him. We are the most precious of spices unto him. We are beautiful unto him. We're going to go back to the very first verse of chapter 4. How beautiful you are, my darling. Oh, how beautiful. Who can receive that? Whoa, we got some work to do. Okay. How beautiful you are, my darling. Oh, how beautiful. Verse 7. You are altogether beautiful, my darling. Okay, it's time to take the lids off, guys. Because this next statement is probably going to go against a lot of your stinking carnal thinking. There is no flaw in you. We got a pretty out there God. If he's saying to us, there's no flaw in you, we got a visionary God. We got a, I see the possible from the impossible God. All my promises are yea and amen. Every one of them is true. The King James Version there says, Thou art all fair, all fair, my love. There is no spot in thee. Am I boring you today? Can we get a hold of this revelation? Can you receive the fact that God is saying to you, There is no spot in you? When you are in Christ, either the blood did it or it didn't. The blood did it or it didn't. It accomplished everything or it accomplished nothing. And I know the answer to that. This is how the Christ sees the church. This is how Christ sees you. This is how Christ sees the church now. Now. Because you will never be mature enough to be his glorious church here on the earth without the blood. But the blood does it all. It makes you precious in his sight, Isaiah 43, 4, I think. <laughs> Not in my strong suit. <laughs> this is how Christ sees the church, his glorious church. We do not have to be perfect. We do not have to be perfectly mature to be his glorious church. Are we supposed to mature? Yes. Are we supposed to get in the word? Yes. Are we supposed to renew our minds? Yes. Are we supposed to repent when we fail? Yes. 
we are the spotless church because God sees us, sees us through Christ. It says right here, I'm not putting words in his mouth. I'm not manipulating his heart. It's written right here. How beautiful you are, my darling. You are altogether beautiful, my darling. There is no flaw in you. You are all fair. There is no spot in thee. We must understand the reality of imputed righteousness. God sees us through his precious son's blood. I cannot say it enough. We are the righteousness of God in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.21. He sees us without spot or wrinkle by the blood, not by our own power, not by the works we do. We must, we must, saints, beloved, in order for you to go forth in the mission that he has for you, and he has a mission for every single person in here, you have got to see yourself as the redeemed of God, and you must understand what that means. In order to do his work, because you will never, you can be effective. But we're powerful. We're powerful. When we get a hold of his love for us and what that has really caused us to be, that's where the power comes. Only by understanding the love and who we are as the redeemed. John 17, 22. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. God in Christ. That we may be one as that we may be one with Christ as Christ and God are one. We become one with him at the new birth, right? We become one with him at the new birth. But have you ever thought about this? We become one with him at the new birth, right? Have you ever thought about this fact? He can't be one with someone that he sees as darkness because light has nothing to do with darkness. His light overcomes the darkness. His light overcomes the spot. His light overcomes the wrinkle. When we come to him, when we repent, when we awaken in him, right? Have you ever really thought about that? Have you? So see, we become one with him. He cannot be joined with darkness. He has to see us through the blood. Does that make sense? Okay. It says, he, the scripture tells us that he actually takes us from glory to glory. We, mat we mature. We become more like him, right? 
Every day we want to we become more like him. But we are glorious in him. We are glorious in him when we receive him. 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we all, who with unveiled faces, what removed the veil? Forward on the mercy seat. Mm-hmm. And we all, who with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit? Do you notice the term he uses is ever-increasing? So if it's ever-increasing, you have to be glorious to him. Right? You have to be glorious to start with. From the new birth. Is this making sense? Ever-increasing. That means we're glorious now. He made us righteousness and sanctification. He shed his blood that a church might be a glorious church, not having spot. Ephesians 5.27. I'm going to actually start at 5.25. Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Okay, that's the causative element right there. Right? He gave himself for us, the church. That's the causative. That's the foundational element. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word that he might present. Not me presenting me. He might present it to himself, a glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. He sees you through the blood. He sees you through what, you di- what he did, not what you did. Not what you do, not your works. He will present us faultless before the presence of his glory. Jude one twenty four. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you. He is able to present you. He. Before his glorious presence. If he did not see you through the blood, if he did not see you in his light and his love, he could not allow you to stand in the glorious presence, in his glorious presence. He sees us through the accomplished, atoning work of what Jesus already did. It is time to stop stumbling around in the dark. Get a hold of what he has accomplished. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. 
Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you, said our Lord. The word which he, you are clean by the word. Do you believe in Jesus? Have you made him your Lord and Savior? It's only a matter of awakening. The NIV there says, but you were past, washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. We are precious in his sight, Isaiah 43, 4. He suffered to make it so. It either made it so or he suffered in vain. And I don't serve a Jesus who did anything in vain. And I'm going to accept what he thinks of me, what he has made me to be. I am going to accept that he sees my end while I'm in the middle, when I'm not perfect, when I'm not doing everything right. He sees me as a well-watered garden producing beautiful fruit for him. Typically, this might be a little bit of a carnal thought, but typically whatever we sacrifice for we think is beautiful. He sacrificed for us. He says we're beautiful. We don't, have it. we don't even have to think whether he thinks that or not. His love pierces. His love pierces. Pierces through the carnal existence, through our carnal existence. Aren't you thankful for that? His love pierces through all the carnal wrappings. See, sometimes we can't accept this. This is too big of a gospel. Nobody here at RCC, see, we're going to all accept this, right? We're going to all receive his goodness toward us. We're all going to receive his vision of us. But he pierces through the wrappings, the carnal wrappings. He pierces through our mistakes. He pierces through the places where we've missed it. And he sees the beauty within. He sees the beauty within. He sees the nature of Christ in us when we are born again, when we come unto him. And he sees us, he sees the beauty that the Holy Spirit continues to create in our lives. His eye of love pierced through our sinfulness. His eye of love pierced through our sinfulness. to the very soul for which he yearns. He yearns for our souls. That he might redeem us and save us and make us beautiful like him. And when we turn to him, when we repent, when we trust in him, then at once our souls are all fair in his sight 
and there is no spot or wrinkle in them because he sees us through the sacrifice of his beloved Christ, his beloved son. We are the glorious church saints. And I'm pretty much here to stomp on the thinking that would tell you that you're not. We need to see us how the Father sees us. Today, in the here and now, all fair without spot. All fair without spot. Beautiful. It is our heart's cry today to awaken unto him. To awaken unto him. He calls us his beloved. To step out, to step out of the slumber, saints. We need to step out of the slumber and awaken to the reality of how he sees us. Awaken to the breath of God, the breath of God, the breath of God blowing in our lives. It gets rid of the chaff and produces beautiful fruit. To his voice, the voice of God, we need to awaken to the voice of God. He's ever speaking. He counsels us with a loving eye upon us. We, not, we need to awaken and let his glory. Remember we read in John, Father, I have given them the glory that you have given me. Hallelujah. So today was the day to call us to the awakening of his spirit, the awakening of the glory that he has placed in us. He makes all things beautiful in their time, doesn't he? So that's what I believe the Lord had for us today. I'm going to, um, we're, we're going to go ahead and do communion. And, and then I'll take the, the tithes and offerings. Um, and I want you today, when we take communion, <clears throat> 